0: You know, it's uh, this month of February, it's Valentine's Day. How many of you have ever been in love? Nobody? Okay, a few of you have been in love. How many of you are in love? Okay, I'm just taking some of the hands here. Uh, how many of you ever hope to fall in love? Okay, okay, good, good, good. So, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is all about love and, and uh, so forth. And, you know, there's a song, uh, Sister Kimberly, you may have uh, heard this one. He says, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. Uh, You know, that's been my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's been times that I've been so in love with him and not that my love ever waned. It's just I got distracted. I got to looking at other things, moving in other directions, busy with life when I was young. And and I would find, wait a minute, I have the Lord's never left me, but I've walked off from him. And, you know, and I'd go back and oh, he was so faithful and so wonderful, received me right back. and, and, And that's kind of where that song. I just keep falling in love with him over and over and thank God he takes us back. Uh, he, he's not one that holds, uh, takes offense and holds an offense and uh, says, no, no, you got busy over there. Now you stay over there. He'll take us back. And uh, But what I want to talk about tonight is uh, it, it has to do with love and it is falling in love over and over again. But what I want to do is encourage you, challenge you, and let you know that there's a love relationship that God wants you to have and uh, and it and and it may be the one that's sitting beside you may not be i i'm not here to talk about that because i don't know who you're sitting beside but the love relationship i want to talk about tonight is a love relationship with god's word god's word falling in love with god's word okay so what i want to do now just this will wake you up too how about everybody just take a deep breath and when you take this deep breath breathe in through your nostrils and out through your mouth but don't do it quickly breathe in uh, let your belly pooch out. Okay, so you're going to breathe in through your nostril, fill your belly up if you want to mentally think of it that way. Fill your belly up till it feel like it's going to pop and then hold it for maybe about 10, 15 seconds and then slowly breathe out of your mouth. You ready? Here we go. You were doing it quick. Deep breath. OK, you're awake. OK, I'm going to reference that here in just a minute. How about taking your Bibles and turn to Second Timothy, Chapter three, Second Timothy, Chapter three. And uh, we want to mark our place here in Second Timothy, Chapter three. If you've got an iPad or iPhone or uh, a droid or something like that, just go ahead and click it there instead of turn there. Click to second uh, Timothy, Chapter three. And uh, if you would bookmark that and then also uh, Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel all the way back in the Old Testament. For New Testament, 2 Timothy, um, chapter 3. And then the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 37. So uh, those are the two scriptures that we're going to be really looking at tonight as we are falling in love with God's word. I pray before this message is over that you will... Treasure God's word more than you've ever treasured it in all of your life. Uh, I believe the revelation that's coming here tonight, or maybe even the reminder that's coming here tonight, is going to truly help us uh, as we look together in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and Ezekiel uh, verse 37. Because it is so important for us to read and meditate and to memorize the written word of God. That is just something that has to become a regular part of the discipline of our life. If you're going to truly be an effective disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, there's no shortcuts around this. You must see the importance of reading and meditating and memorizing the written word of God. It's so important that we not, um, you know, that we go beyond just existing because there's too many people that just exist they merely exist but Jesus said I've come to give you life and life more abundantly and he teaches us through his word how to live that abundant life and it comes through the word of God the Bible tells us that as you study the Bible you'll find that it identifies itself or describes itself in in many ways three of which he says the Bible or the word of God is bread he says the word of God is water And he says the word of God is air. So when you study the word of God, he actually describes it, characterizes the word God does. Now, now if we think, how long can you go without food? Some of you, some of you, 30 hours, (laughs) 50 days. Okay, how long can you go? Any other guesses? Okay, 40 days. 40 days. Well, you know, you're all right. You're all right. Uh, Most uh, studies have done and said as little, you can go from 40 to 80 days, depending on your physical condition, uh, without food. So, So maybe a month or so, you can go without food. Then you, and over this time with no food, you begin to weaken more and more until you what? You die, right? How long can you go without water? Seven days? Any other guesses? How long can you go without water? If you are quiet on me, I may just have to come down there and uh, get you in the spray zone here. Okay. Three days. Most people say between three, or or doctors say between three and up to 12 days without supernatural intervention. Okay. Uh, And during that time, you begin to weaken more and more, and then eventually, without water, you die. Come on, is it that hard? Okay. How long can you go without air? Okay, 60 seconds. Uh, most say between two and six minutes tops if you're in very good physical condition. A lot of Navy SEALs, uh, which we have around here, you know, uh, they can hold their breath like four minutes. And I think the world record is probably six minutes and some odd seconds. Uh, is a world record of holding your breath. So for most of us, it's probably a minute or two. Uh, Brother Dick said 60 seconds. That's probably really pushing it for the most of us. And, uh, and then without air, you, you weaken, you weaken, and then you die. Okay? I want you to think about this as we talk about the Word of God because I want to show you in the Scripture today what God tells us that uh, about his word and how important it is to our life. And that it literally, he says, it is the breath of God. Think about this. If the word of God is the breath of God, uh, I don't know if how many of you have ever gone to a higher uh, elevation up in the mountains and you go on hiking and and you're climbing a hiking trail and you get winded, you know, easier than you normally would because what the air is thinner, at a higher elevation and uh, so your body comes under a little stress and uh while you're hiking up that hill you know that little bit of stress it kind of winds you or 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 takes your breath away you can't hardly breathe and i wonder how many believers when they come under a little stress because the air is thinner in their spiritual walk with god that they run out of breath okay and it's something we really need to to uh, think about in our lives because we cannot avoid the stresses of life. There are stresses that we're going to have to deal with. And uh, and if the you know, if the air in our spiritual life is thinner, then we're not going to be able to respond to those thres- stresses and the way to live the abundant life that Jesus Christ died to give us. So it could be because, you know, we're not spending enough time in the written word of God. And because we're not spending enough time in the written word of God, it is really affecting us in how we deal with stress in life. So that brings us to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. As I wanted us to look at this one verse of Scripture, it says, all Scripture, how much of the Scripture? All. all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You can underline, given by inspiration of God. That phrase really is just from one Greek word, given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, means you can build your life on it, it's truth for reproof and correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, That is all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now let's go back to that phrase, given by inspiration of God. Like I said, it's one Greek word, and that Greek word is theonoustos. Theonoustos, and uh, it's made up of, it's a compound word, which means two words that make up that compound word. The first part is theo, or theos, comes from theos, which means God. And then the second part is nūo, which means to breathe. So we got God to breathe. Uh, it, it, it is uh, where we get our word, you know, nūo neo is where we get our word like nūma from, uh, which we get words like pneumonia. I think it's something that Sister Kimberly has given testimony about asthma and breathing and the lungs and how important that is and oxygen levels in a message that she had no clue. What we're going to be sharing here tonight. I was just sitting there saying thank you for confirmation because it's going to be hard to get up here and preach with confidence with just a, a small crowd here because of the weather that's outside and all the ice and the snow. And uh, but I know people are tuning in and people are depending on the word coming out of here uh, all over the world. And and I'm like God, please give me the give me the, the ump I need. And then she gets up here talking their testimony about her lungs and asthma and breath and. And so forth. And I said, thank you, Lord. We're right on target. We're right on target. So uh, you can amen me or not. I'm all in my own zone, and I'm having a good time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But this word neo, a P-N-E-O, is where we get a word like pneuma. And from that, we get pneumonia, which you have a problem with breathing. And in, uh, if you have a pneumatic tool, it means a tool that's run by what? Air. Okay. So the theonustos this word literally means, literally means God breathed god to breathe so think about this for a minute all scripture if you got your bible or your iphone or your ipad or or whatever uh tablet you have and you got the word there all scripture is theanustos. it is god breathe. every word in here is god breathed so when you read this book it's not a history book even though it is historically accurate You know, when you read it, you are filling yourself with the breath of God. It is, it contains the breath of God. And and I I want to show you something about that. Uh, That's where Ezekiel comes in. So go back here in the Old Testament to Ezekiel chapter 37, and I want to point something out that God shows us in his word here. In Ezekiel 37 verse 1, he says, The hand of the Lord, here's Ezekiel giving this account, he said, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. He said, I'm in the midst of this valley, and it was full of what? Bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. So you who said dry bones, you know the story, Okay. They were dry bones, a valley full of dry bones. Now, many of us have gone through some dry times in our lives, amen? I guarantee you, I have. We've all gone through some dry times in our life. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. In other words, if w- we were to say this uh, as the Virginians we here would speak, say, I don't know. I don't know if they live or not. I just don't know. So he said, uh, you know, Lord, I just don't know. Verse 4, and again he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And this word prophesy here means to speak under the inspiration of God. Now, now remember 2 Timothy that we opened up with, verse, or chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, it says that all scripture is given by inspiration, right? So here this word prophecy means to speak under the inspiration of God. So he said to me, prophesy um, to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you. Now we wouldn't say sinews today, we would say tendons, you know, the things that connect the muscles to the bones. That's what he's speaking of here. He said, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I, Ezekiel's talking, so I prophesied. He spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking of the breath of God, okay? As I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. So also he said to me, well, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. Now, by the way, this word winds is translated winds here, but it literally in Hebrew is the same exact word for breath, the same word. So you could say, come from the four breaths, or by the way, come the four winds and, and oh, breathe and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, breathe, and, and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet and an exceeding great army. So what makes the church a great army? I believe it's the breath of God. It's the breath of God. Just like here, we had a great army that was resurrected up out of dry bones, a valley of dry bones. With the breath of God what I want to do is I want to show you uh, four things about the written Word of God and I pray this will cause you to fall in love with the Word of God that you will never ever want to neglect the Word of God ever again because you'll see its value like you've never seen before the first thing about the written Word of God is that the written Word of God brings understanding it brings understanding In verse 3 here of Ezekiel 37, he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, "Oh God, I don't know. He didn't have understanding until the breath of God came. And that's what Job tells us in Job 32 and verse 8. He says, there is is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Did you hear that? In Job 32 and 8, the Bible tells us that, yes, there is a spirit, little s, in man, but the breath of God is what comes into our life and gives us understanding. So, so what, you may say, well, what is understanding? Well, the breath of God and the, and, the, and the Bible is the breath of God. And the scripture is the breath of God. So all of this brings us the understanding that we need in our life. I don't know about you, but you may have said before, you know, I think I could get through this battle. I think I could get through this trial. I think I could get through this troubling time if I could just understand it. I've seen and I've counseled with people. They said, you know, I just don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I just don't understand why she did what she did. I just don't understand why he's doing what he's doing. If I could understand it, then I could could move on, but I can't understand it. Well, the Bible tells us it is the word that gives us understanding. So if you ask yourself, can my marriage live? And in the natural, you look at it and say, you know, I don't know. Just like Ezekiel said, I don't know. But I'm here to tell you that you can get understanding from the breath of God, which is the word of God on your marriage, okay? Or whatever the situation is in your life. And once you get the word of God on it, then you can have faith to believe God for whatever you're, you're desiring to see done in your life. You may wonder if your business can live, or if you can make it through this health situation, or if this relationship can live, or whatever it is. You may say, I don't know, I don't know. But when we receive the breath of God, let me tell you what, which comes from the word of God, we get understanding. There may be something in your life tonight. There may be a business decision. There may be a relational decision. There may be a health issue. There may be a financial issue. I don't know what it is, but there may be a a situation with your children or such that you don't have understanding. You don't know what to do. And God is telling us here, if you'll receive my breath, if you'll let me breathe in you, he says, you'll get understanding. And how's he going to breathe in you? He breathes in us as we receive the word of God. So, so let, me say it, let me say it this way. You will never fully understand what you're going through without the written word of God. Okay? Let me say it this way. You will never fully understand, let's say, your children, okay, without the written word of God or whatever. You can fill in the blank. 1 Peter 3 and 7 says this. Husbands, likewise, live with your wife with understanding. That's what the Bible says, husbands. You're to live with your wife with understanding. Now I'm here to tell you, husbands, you'll never understand, you'll never be able to understand and have that abundant life that God wants you to have with your, in your marriage without the Word of God. And wives, it's the same on the other. You'll never be able to have the abundant life with your husband without the Word of God because it is the Word of God that gives us understanding and God says the, the marriage that He's blessed... The marriage that has His blessings to be unfolded and lived out of it has to be one with understanding. And how can we have understanding without the Word of God? Because the Word of God is what brings understanding. Luke 24, verse 45 says, And Jesus opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scripture. You're not going to understand life and you're not going to understand marriage and you're not going to understand children and you're not going to understand anything, business or anything in life unless you read the owner's manual from the manufacturer who is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that is the word of God. He said it is the word of God that gives us understanding. If God says it is the word of God that gives us understanding, are you going to get it any other way? I believe we're going to only get it God's way. You may come to a partial understanding. You may see, as Paul said, through a glass dimly, but you're not going to have full understanding without the Word of God. And the side effect of not understanding is panic. Panic. And that's where fear comes in. It finds that open door and it comes in. Just like a drowning person. If they don't understand that their rescuer is trying to help them, they will drown their rescuer. They will beat and claw and push under their rescuer. And there are many rescuers that are trained that if I have to knock them out, I'll knock them out to save their life because if they don't have understanding, they'll actually hurt the the rescue calls rather than, than work with it. Okay. I wonder how many Christians are panicking right now. I wonder how many Christians, they panic when they hear a news report or they panic when they hear uh, an update on the economy, or they panic when they get a a report from a family member. You know what? I can tell you why you panic. The reason you panic is because you're running out of air. You want to see somebody get desperate? You cut off their air supply. You cut off their air supply, and it won't be but, what, 60 seconds, we heard, up to two minutes, They're going to be clawing and they're going to be kicking and they're going to be doing everything they can to get a breath of air. And when they think they're running out of air, they think their life is in jeopardy and they're going to fight for it. But this book, the Bible, keeps us from panicking because it gives us understanding, the Bible says. So the first thing the word of God does, the written word of God, it gives us understanding. The second thing it does is the written word of God brings order and we need order in our lives yes we do we need order in our lives we see it in Ezekiel 37 and seven. He said so I prophesied remember he's speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and I was as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone now remember what the Bible says it was a valley of dry bones it did not say it was a valley of skeletons now what's the difference between bones and skeleton? Bones are spread apart and the skeletons are bodies, are the bone structure, skeletal structure still intact. It was not skeletons. I've seen pictures of that people had done a rendition of Ezekiel's vision here before and they would have skeletons all laying out in the valley like it was a graveyard, you know, of decayed uh, flesh and just, but that's not what the Bible says. It was a valley full of dry bones. The bones were not together. There was no order here. Uh, And they didn't come together until Ezekiel began to speak the breath of God. As he began to speak the breath of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then the bones started coming together. You know, you know, and I can start singing the song right now, the, the knee, you know, the, the ankle bones connected to the, no, but I, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but all of that started coming together and order started taking place. So order comes from God's word. Now, Psalms 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. So the very order of the universe and the order of the galaxy and the order of the heaven that we see and the order of earth that we see, the Bible says all of it came into order by the breath of his mouth. Tying us right back to the inspiration. All scripture is God breathed. It was the breath of God that brought the order to the universe that we see today. Genesis one, two and three says, the earth was without form and void. Uh, one translation says it was empty and full of chaos. And, um, and that's the way a lot of people's life is, empty and full of chaos. And there was darkness that was on the face of the deep. And he says, and the spirit of the Lord, God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit is represented, but nothing is happening. Until God said, let there be light and the power of the Holy Spirit rides upon the words of God to bring about the manifest of the will of God. So words are so very important. We are created in the image of God. That's why he tells us that the life and death is is in the power of our tongue. Blessing and cursing is in the power of our tongue. So, So we have to be careful what we say with our tongue. But with the word of God, the order of the universe and the order of this earth came together. Light started coming in. Then he said uh, he separated the night from the day. And then uh, all the the plants and the waters were separated and the animals were created and everything. the, The order came by the word of God. I don't know if you realize it or not, but God formed the world with his words. That's what he did. With his breath. Let me take it a little further. When you speak, you breathe out, right? I don't know. Can you talk breathing in? You can make sounds breathing in, but I don't think it's talking. Isaiah 55 in verse 11 says this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, says God, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. So so here's some important questions, okay? Is there any part of your life that's out of order? Okay, that's not for me to answer, it's for you to answer. Is there any part of my life that is out of order? I promise you, please hear me, I promise you, it is the word of God that brings order, okay? It is the breath of God that brings order So now you know how to receive order in your life from the word of God. So the word of God, it brings strength and the word of, I mean, the word of God, it brings order. The word of God brings understanding. And then the third thing that the word of God brings, I just said it, is it brings strength. It brings strength. Remember, we're falling in love with the Word of God. We need, to fall in love, we need to understand how important the written Word of God is. For every word, all Scripture is God-breathed. It is the breath of God. And as we study the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, and memorize the Word of God, it brings strength into our life. That's what we see in verse 6 of Ezekiel 37. He says, I will put sinews on you, and the sinews and the flesh came together, or upon them, in verse 8. Uh, so Ezekiel was saying the sinews are the tendons that connect the muscle to the bones. Muscle represents our strength. Oh, wow, he's strong, because look, he's got big muscle. She's got a lot of muscles, so she's strong. When we think of muscles, we think, think of strength. He was saying the strength is connected to the order. Everything, the bones is the order. Everything is put into order. And now strength is built on that by the God breath or the word of God, by the word of God. Let me build upon that. In Exodus 15 and 8, here's what God said. <clears throat> this has taken place right after the Israelites come through the Red Sea and they're on the other side and with Moses and his sister Miriam. And then the uh, God's closed the waters up and Pharaoh and his army are all drowned and their enemy's been destroyed and it's called the Song of Miriam and it's one that we, need to, we really need to learn the words to because in Revelation it says we will sing that song of Moses. So That's probably the song they're referencing uh, that we'll sing even in heaven. <clears throat> but here's how a part of it goes. In Exodus 15 and 8, it says, And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue and I will overtake and I will divide the spoil. And that sounds like the devil. He's wanting to overtake. He's wanting to pursue us. And he wants to divide the spoil, that which he takes from our life to him. And he says, my desire shall be satisfied on them. And I will draw the sword. My hand shall destroy them. And it says in verse 10, but you, God, you blew with your wind and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Please, please look at me just a minute here, OK? If you've ever wondered, and I've never had the opportunity to stand at the Red Sea, but I've been able to stand at the Atlantic Ocean. I've been able to stand at the Pacific Ocean, and, and I've been able to stand at lakes that I couldn't even see the other side uh, of, of, the, of the, the land. So I've seen vast amounts of water. And if you've ever wondered, if you've ever stood there and said, how in the world did God part the Red Sea? And this is how he did it. That's how he did it. He says, with a blast of his nostrils. Now, I'm not going to blow mine really hard because then I'm going to have to do a little cleanup here, okay? But just with a blast of his nostrils, kind of a sneeze out of his nose, parted the Red Sea. I don't know, but if you may have a Red Sea in your life that needs parting tonight. I mean, it's something you can't see the other end of it. You can't see how you're going to get through it. You don't see how in the world you're going to get around this. You don't see how in the world it's going to work out. But I'm here to tell you, uh, if you need a Red Sea parted, i got scripture that will show you that the breath of God can part Red Seas as the breath of God did part Red Seas. Amen? And how it was, he just, he just gave his breath. Well, he tells us that all Scripture is God-breathed. This is the breath of God. So if you put the Word of God on any Red Sea in your life, then the Red Sea has to respond to the breath of God. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's not us sitting there like the the, uh, wolf trying to get the three little piggies, you know, I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down. It's not that we've got to get enough huff and we've got to get enough puff to get through whatever's locking us out. But he says the breath of God is the word of God. So if you get the word on it, the breath of God can part that Red Sea. Hallelujah. In John 20, 22, it says, When Jesus said, had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Here, God's breath brings power. God's breath brings power. You shall receive power after that, that the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. So we see that the written word of God, I want you to fall in love with the word of God all over again now, that the word of God uh, tells us that it, it brings understanding in our life. That's why we need the word of God, because it can bring understanding in our life. It says, husbands, live with your wives with understanding. How can we do that and have the abundant life that God has for our marriage unless we do it with the word of God in our marriage? And wives do the same with your husband. And then we need understanding in our relationships. We need understanding in how to live this abundant life. And he tells us also that the word of God, it brings us not only understanding, but it brings us strength. Praise God for the strength. It brings us order in our lives as we just look. And then the final one here is the word of God brings life, brings life. In verse 10 of Ezekiel 37, this this uh, chapter that we're looking at, he says, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived. they live. I want you to think about this. Is there an area in your life tonight that needs the abundant life of God? OK, this is between you and and God and your circumstances. Is there any area of your life that needs the abundant life of God? OK. And you have you have your answer. I've been giving it to you over and over. What's going to bring that that life into that area is the written word of God. Second Peter, one in 20 and 21 says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's the word of God that brings life. Now get this though, it's not your interpretation of it. Ah, that may be why you've seen some word not work. Because you cannot take scripture out of context. And if you'll fall in love with the Word of God and you will read regularly the Word of God and come to the Word of God as the breath of God that it says it is to as we open up, we took that deep breath and we start breathing in the breath of God into our physical lungs, the divinity of, of, of the one who created us as we're reading his word and taking it in, is taking his breath into our physical and into our uh, soulish, and into our spirit man. So here, he says, the scripture that has been given by godly men who are moved by the Holy Spirit. So it's not for any private interpretation. So you can't just take one scripture out of context and manipulate it to try and get your will, is what he's saying. you got to go with what God's saying. The power is in what God is really saying. It's not in you wanting to manipulate it to say what you want it to say. So we've got to line up with God's word rather than make God's word align up with us. That's a big amen. Praise God. Okay, Proverbs 4 and 20, uh, 20, verse 20, 21, 22. He says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are what? Life to those who find them. My words, he says, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This word, God's word, all scripture is what? God breathed, right? It's divinely inspired. God breathed. We opened up with that, that it is the breath of God. And here he's telling us, my son, if you will incline your ear to my sayings and give attention to my words and don't let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart, they will be life, that abundant life Jesus was talking about. There will be a life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That means your little toe as well. All your flesh, the health comes from the word of God. Hallelujah. In Genesis 2 and 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So what was it that brought life to Adam? The breath of God. He was just a clump of molded clay until he received the breath of God, and then his life had purpose. His life had meaning. His life had existence. What brings life to us? The breath God what is the breath of God the written Word of God all scripture is God breathed. I want you to see that these are not archaic words that this is the living Word of God this is the breathing the breath of God the breathing of God's Word to us and this is a way that God has given to breathe into us as we will set our eyes our ears and our heart upon his Word Job said in Job 33 and 4, he said, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Over and over, the scripture talks about God has made us, but it is His breath that gives us life. It is His breath. Where do we get His breath from? Do we go and say, God, breathe on me in a big breeze outside? We're like, Wow, that must be the breath of God. No, He tells us that my breath is my word. My word has been breathed. I breathe out my word unto you. So now it is. It is here for us. For any time that we want, we can take in the breath of God, the very breath that gave us life. Uh, When God created us, uh, uh, beginning with our first father, great-great-great-grandfather Adam, and this is how he gives us life, abundant life today, with his word. That's why John 10 and 10, Jesus says, you know, the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. How do we get life? Through breath, right? What is breath? The breath, the Bible tells us, is the word of God. Does that not tie into Matthew 13 with the parable that Jesus told of the sower and the seeds? You remember, what does the seed represent? The seed, he said, Jesus interpreted, said the seed represents the word of God, right? So if the seed represents the word of God, what was Satan trying to steal? He was trying to steal the word of God. Why was he so as ravens of the air trying to steal the word of God? Because the abundant life That God has come to, Jesus said, I've come to give you a life and life more abundantly. But there's an enemy that has nothing but his whole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. What's he trying to steal, kill, and destroy? He's trying to steal the word. He's trying to steal that life. Because the word is the breath of God. And the breath of God is what gives us the life that God wants us to have. So the enemy actually wants to suffocate us. That's his purpose. He wants to suffocate us. You thought he wanted to come in and break in your back door or back window or through your mudroom or something and steal something from you while you were out shopping or away from home. That Let me tell you what. What the enemy wants more than your uh, DVD player or more than uh, an iPad or something in your house or jewelry or anything is he wants your life. Jesus said he's come to steal your life. I've come to give you abundant life. The enemy wants to steal that life. And the way he's going to steal that life is he's going to suffocate you. He's going to cut the the breath off from you. And how does he cut the breath off? Jesus gave the parable by stealing the word. Because if he cuts you off from the word, then you're going to have a slow, agonizing, miserable, suffocating death. Kind of like uh, sister kimberly 's testimony where her asthma had caused all that uh, in her lungs to, to, to constrict and be at a place where she was getting forty and less percent oxygen in her blood, and the, uh, and the doctors were saying if she lives she 's going to have brain damage because the body was made to have more oxygen than that, and it is going to affect her organs and it's going to affect her brain because that, that she's like slowly suffocating a miserable death. And here, that's what the enemy tries to do to us. He tries to constrict from us the word of God. He, he's like, you go ahead and, and have fun and do what you think is all good for you as long as I can keep you distracted and keep you from the Word of God because it is the Word of God that is the breath of God that is the very, brings the life into us and that life is that abundant life that Jesus wants us to have but the enemy wants to have written down by the uh, undertakers, our spiritual undertaker, he wants him to write down the reason for death was asphyxiation. The same way he tried to kill Jesus. Everybody that died on the cross died a death of asphyxiation to where they, they could no longer push themselves up to exhale, then to take in another breath of air. And when they could no longer do that, then they would die of asphyxiation as they would be poisoned with all of the the, 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 uh, uh, dangerous gases that we were supposed to expel. That's why they would go around if they needed to speed this up and break their legs. Why would they break their legs? Because then they could no longer push up to exhale and take in another breath of air. But when they came to Jesus, you remember the specific, the Bible tells us that he was already dead. Here the soldiers wanted to kill him, but he was already dead. Satan wanted to kill him with asphyxiation, break his legs, but God had prophesied way back in the Psalms, thousands thousand years before, he says, not one bone in his body will be broken. So here we see that the soldier, rather than breaking his legs, seeing that he was already dead, took a spear just out of meanness and pierced it in his side, And John tells us water and blood flowed out. And there's so much teaching in there. I don't have time tonight. But the enemy, what he meant for evil, turned for our good right there. But um, it takes me back to what Jesus said. Jesus said, nobody's going to take my life. Nobody's going to take. Now, Satan wanted to to suffocate him on the cross. But Jesus said, no one's going to take my life. And Jesus, what he did... Is, he says, I lay my life down. And if I had the power to lay my life down, I had the power to pick it back up again. And he laid his life down for every one of us. And how did he do it? He breathed out, it is finished. And then the Bible says he had died. His spirit, he's dead, okay? Don't let the enemy suffocate you either. You are a child of God. Don't let him destroy your abundant life that Jesus Christ died to give you. That Jesus Christ on the third day rose from the grave. Giving us, taking the keys back from the enemy. And then giving those keys to us. Dead, the death, hell and the grave. Don't let the enemy rob you of your time in the word of God. Where you receive the breath of God. I hope you see that tonight. More than you've ever seen it Before. So that you will fall in love with the word of God. That this is the breath of God. And the breath of God, when we breathe it in, brings understanding. The breath of God brings order to our life. The breath of God brings strength to our life. And the breath of God, as we saw right here, it gives us that abundant life that Jesus Christ wants us to live can we pray can we pray let's pray I say let's just stand together and pray let this be a prayer that we just stand before the Lord Lord we just stand before you hallelujah Lord as we stand before you I just want to ask everybody just take a moment and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now just between you and God just between you and God I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what are you saying to me through this message Holy Spirit of God, what are you saying to me through this message? Now, I'm sure that he's going to say that we need to arrange our schedule where we put time in our day to read the Word of God and that this book is God-breathed so that it is filling our lives with the breath and the power of God when we do that. God, what are you saying to me through this message tonight? And then ask him, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And just hear what He says to you now. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you if you're going through any difficulty or if you're going in through any challenges tonight. I want to pray for you right now. Maybe you're going through difficulty in your finances or difficulty in your health or difficulties in your marriage or difficulties with your kids. Maybe difficulty in a relationship or, or a business you have or difficulty at work or maybe even a difficulty with your relationship with God I want to I want to pray for you now Father God as we stand before you we thank you we thank you for the teaching of your word we thank you for the understanding that we've received here even tonight that has come from your word we thank you that we can go into these difficulties that, that we'll be walking out of here, but we can go into them with a greater confidence because now we know that understanding comes from your word. It comes from your breath. We know that we know that order, the order, the steps that we need to take to, to come up out of this difficulty is going to be revealed to us in your word. And that, Lord, that this, uh, not only this understanding and not only this order, but there's going to be strength, that we're going to have the power to be able to make the right decision, to make the right step, to walk in the right way to walk in the path of righteousness but it's going to come from your word it's going to come from your word so that your word's going to lead us into that life and that life abundant that you jesus want us all to have lord i just pray tonight god that each and every person here would just say you know why i need to give priority to the Word of God. I need to set a time in my schedule where I'm reading the Word of God. I thank you, God, that this church, you've caused us and called us to be faithful to the preaching of your Word. And your Word has gone forth, Lord, and it has brought understanding in people's life. It has brought order in people's life. It has brought power in people's life. And it has brought an abundant life into people's lives. Lord, I thank you for that. But Lord, that we would not, not one of us, that we would leave here today saying, I'm going to hold my breath until, ne- until Sunday before I can get some more God breath and breathe again. No, Lord, that we would not go from Wednesday to Sunday or Sunday to Sunday before we take another breath of the divine. But we would choose tonight that we're going to read Your Word, we're going to meditate on Your Word, and we're going to memorize Your Word as we let the breath of You, God, You, Almighty God, come into our lives to bring understanding and to bring order and to bring power and to bring that abundant life lord i pray that commitment is what every person under the sound of my voice is willing to make right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus we pray amen and amen praise